0: Self help from the hip. Small doses. We're talking that shit. Small doses. And keeping it real. Small me and It's so funky. <laughs> This week, we are joined by Nicole Chapateau, who is the fashion editor at Vanity Fair, and she is a sister! And I really wanted to get her on the show because, you know, I just dropped Illustrious League, and as I am, you know, kind of just taking my little very, 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 very baby steps into the fashion space, you know, I'm, I'm always curious about what's already there. And when we talk about black and fashion, we're talking about so many levels of things, right? We're talking about not just um Designers, but we're talking about, you know, these stigmas around, you know, what it, what Black fashion is. We're talking about the positions that exist that aren't in the front-facing, you know, positions. We're talking about the history of fashion and style within Black culture, et cetera. So there's so many spaces to, to discuss. And I know a lot of us also think about these lines, these luxury lines in the past few years that have really, you know, shown their ass by putting out work that has... Um, some blatant and not so blatant racial undertones. And so I think it's really great that we are able to get somebody on that can talk about this. And for what it's worth, I know there's a lot of y'all who may be saying like, well, fashion is like so extra, it doesn't matter to me. But then there's those of us who really just love a look. You know, and even if you may not like care about it for yourself, you you know, you may care about seeing it looks on other people. I mean, who doesn't love seeing a look on Rihanna, right? She gives you a look. So, very happy to be joined by Nicole who can help us get some insight into what going what's going on within the fashion world as a black editor, as a black woman, and what it is for black designers to be carving out a space within that space. We here at Small Doses would like to uh, make a warm welcome to Ms. Nicole Chapato. I feel (laughs) the need to say her last name with that much gusto, Chapato. And, you know, okay. So your Instagram says like your current title, which is, you know, fashion editor at Vanity Fair. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So that's why, like, to me, today's conversation about Black in fashion, you know, you're the right person to talk to because you are Black, black. in fashion. <laughs> yes. And all of the above. All of the above. Of the above. Um, but I would love to hear, like, how you got to this point. Like, what even got you on this road? Oh my
1: gosh. That is like, okay, I'll make it like really quick. I actually started out working in architecture. You oh. know, I, have a, I have a Caribbean parent. My dad is Haitian. You don't do You don't you, do fashion. You're doctors, lawyers, you <laughs> be a scientist. So architect felt, and I, I do love architecture. It's something like I will always love, felt like, okay, I could still be creative and like make him happy. So I studied that in school, worked for an architect for two years outside of college. Um after a year, I did happen to watch 9-11. So we were downtown. I watched it and was like, yo, if you can die at work, I do not want to die doing this. Wow. Like just I never said, like that's wow. how I felt about it. Like I don't, I want, I, I don't like these people. I don't want to work until 4 a.m. all the time. I want to have like do something i love and be passionate about so i was like made a plan quit my job and then started interning in fashion and i and i also had to because i was older i had to like work too and that was, was my
0: next like, question like i mean
1: you probably late 20s at this point right i was in my late 20s i think i started interning when i was 25.
0: i'm mad that we feel like that's like old we're like i didn't introduce yeah. 25 I'm but an then, internship.
1: and so like, what types of internships did you pursue? I, I, I started taking classes at FIT because I really could not figure out how to get an internship without like the college route. Like it just didn't seem like available. So a friend and I were like, all right, let's just take these classes at FIT. And it was like fashion. I can't remember what the degree was. Cause I actually have an extra degree. I don't even know what it is, but we're like, let's do this. Cause maybe I want to be a buyer. That's maybe probably I be the a- That's probably the most West Indian thing you
0: said. Like, I just have an extra degree and I don't even know. That's a very, yeah. Like, I don't even know what it does, but I got it.
1: So we were like, maybe I want to be a buyer. Maybe I want to be an editor. And an internship popped up at Marie Claire Magazine. And it was to be like the accessories director's intern. I stalked those people every day. It was like, hey, 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 still open, still open. Because I needed an internship. I was like, otherwise I'm wasting time. Got and in the door. What happens just, in the internship? Like, because
0: it's not a paid internship. So, it
1: is 100% unpaid. It was for credit. And that was the only way I could get the internship because they were only doing internships for credit. Okay. So, I had to be class. So, that worked out. That was fine. So, I was still like working with my friend Mandy. She had like her own little like marketing and PR. It was really small at the time. So, she did like, jabot jeans was one of her brands so she's like hey come and help me with this we would send like jabot jeans to basketball players like that's (laughs) what our like maya like i remember (laughs) send maya these jeans like she'll be so cute (laughs) that's so specific it was early 2000 so like we're like who is popping off Let's send some to like send some to cash
0: money to lawayne
1: and juvie and baby and the boys yeah Hope that they wear it. And while I was in school, and that is what I... But during my internship, I legitimately would unpackage jewelry that came from whatever brand and photocopy it and put it in a binder and lay it out on a tray. (laughs) And then when it was time to send it back, I would go get that binder that was like photocopy jewelry and cross it off. And that was it. Or I'd like organize like pictures you take the editors would take pictures at market appointments and there was no digital cameras or iPhones back then so they used disposable cameras like film we get two copies made and we'd be like all right here's our copy and we'd label them like fendi pictures 1 through 50 and then send fendi the pictures 1 through 50 and be like marie claire's fendi spring <laughs> Like, it was just, like, I think about, like, my job now. I'm like, dang, we were so antiquated. I would fax out a request every once in a while, like, with a fax machine. With a
0: fax machine. The only time I use a fax machine is to say fax, like, F-A-C-T-S
1: in text. Like, that's when I use the fax machine. It's literally the emoji. Fax. And that was it. And I just, like, you know, I had to work also so I couldn't be there like the other interns. But when I was there, I was like... I'm present. I'm doing my job. I'm not like playing games. I don't need to eat lunch. I need to be in your faces so you can hire me. And I got lucky that someone quit, her assistant quit, or like moved on, and they offered me a job. But then I also was offered a job at Neiman Marcus in their buying program in Dallas. So I had to make a choice. And I and chose so you're to in to- New York. I'm in New York. So I was like, I don't. Want Dallas, but like it was also a great job. And I was like, if you want to be a buyer, like you want to go through the Neiman Marcus buying program. Like that's where usually people hire other buyers from, is that they know they went through that buying program. So I was like, oh, more school in Dallas? No, thanks. <laughs> more feel- school in
0: Dallas. No so thanks. you stayed in New York. And now when you were at Mary Claire, like, what do you feel like the demographic was like, were there a lot of other black people?
1: Um, I'm going to say there was none. Oh, no, wait <laughs> one. At one point the fashion director had an assistant and her name was Linda and she was from London and she was black. And it was the two of us. Linda from London was black. Yes, and that yeah. was, and then Danya, who worked, who ran the fashion closet, was Mexican from Mexico. <laughs> like we were, like we were so diverse, right? <laughs> Exoticals. Everyone else, everyone else, like higher up, was white, 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 white women. Just that's it. Someone else,
0: because when I was doing, I guess okay, this is twenty. I have no concept of time anymore. Okay, this is twenty twenty one. So twenty. So 2018, I had gotten a new publicist and I was basically like doing the, you know, being charted around town like Cotillion and I was <laughs> doing, you know, the stops. And I remember going in the Condé Nast building and I think I, I can't remember what two places I went to in the Nast, but I do feel like Marie Claire was one of them. Oh, I Marie know her. Hearst. Okay. So then it was Maybe the, you were in the Hearst building. I was like, I was in the Hearst building, I think, because. you probably did
1: Mary Claire, Harper's Bazaar, and I was just about to They're say, awful. I
0: did Bazaar. Yes, yes, yes. I did L Harper's Bazaar. And yep, I did all three of those. And I was just like, oh, wow. It's really just still white women. Like it was, and that was just three years ago. And I was really just like, wow. Like it really was kind of surprising to me. Um, and there was, and then there's like Chrissy at Harper's. Um, yes.
1: There's always like one, there's always always like one of us somewhere, but I also feel like a lot of like the black people who work in fashion tend to be freelance, which I just now I'm thinking about. Why are we, why are a lot of us freelance? I don't know. I don't know the answer. Could be many things, but a lot of freelance. I was going to say, because Shiona is our costume designer at Insecure and Mm -hmm.
0: I originally met Shiona way back in like 2009 when I had like a web series on AOL Black Voices. And um, I had a show called The Spark and we did like a fashion episode and we had Shiona and Memzor. And
1: Memzor is around.
0: They came on and I still have like a brooch that Shiona I'm talking like this because it's how Shiona talks. And it was a brooch. <laughs> That's true. I've been really working on my Shiona um impersonation and this is where I'm at with it right now. And I feel like it's, it's getting good. better. It's Thank you. I'm not exaggerating, <laughs> y'all. That's exactly. Right. She's from Bermuda, so yes. Like, and she and will gather you to. Pe- she will gather you together and rip you to pieces. Um, and it's in, in a quiet tone, mm-hmm. in a- just like this, and through her teeth. Just no, I don't. I don't like anybody here. I don't like any of you, and I wish everybody would just evaporate. You guys are it's- all ruining my life. <laughs> We love you, Shiona. Also, by the way, we have to shout out our mutual Joy Garner, who is a lawyer slash hilarious person. And I always tell the story. I always tell the story that when I was, when I met Joy, we were in Dominican Republic. And I always tell the story that when I asked her, what would you be doing if you weren't a lawyer? She said, chilling. And it had never occurred to me that that could be a life path. Um, And she was very much like, no, no, that's what we're working towards. I'm chilling. pretty
1: sure when she's, like, done in her lawyership, she will be chilling. I was like, she what do you be. mean? What do you mean chilling? She was, like,
0: literally doing nothing. What we're doing right now, this would be my life. <laughs> and we were doing nothing. So I was like, yo, that's that's inspiring. First of all, let me just tell you, thank you for answering my DM. Um, I was
1: blown away like is this a real DM or is it one of those fake accounts and i'm missing like secretly there's a capital m in the middle like you know you know like the people who fake accounts is like, secret like capital a gratuitous m. underscore and you're like mm. yeah you're like mm, i missed that one dang <laughs> now all my bank accounts been drained
0: <laughs> well i have been really wanting to connect with folks that Particularly are you know, unique voices in their space. But also, like, I would not get a chance to meet you if it wasn't for COVID. Like, because you're in New York and you would be working in an office and you would be so busy. And I'm sure you're still so busy, but I don't know that you're in an office. Um, I'm in my home. I'm at home. <laughs> There's a TV. There's a and, <laughs> and And, you know, I feel like I'm just really wanting to to get to like expand, you know, just my, my, my folks, even though this is a time where people are like, kind of like our
1: borders got closed. I'm like, no, 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 let's expand. Let's meet people that like, you're not going to run into. I've definitely connected to more people that I would have ever been able to connect with because of COVID. So it's so true. Like I feel like we have made a concerted effort. There's some positivity that has come out of, such a dark thing. And for the record, I'm
0: officially over it.
1: I'm so, over. It. I'm, I'm yeah. not messing with it.
0: I have I hadn't it really reached this point until recently, where I was like, you know what? I think. I think I'm over this. Yeah,
1: because the other day I said I, think I, I, I would it. risk it all. <laughs> I was like, I'm risk it all. I'm gonna risk it all and get a facial. Risk it. Because you gotta it? take your but i said it out loud and i actually texted a friend and was like yo should we risk it all and get a facial she was like yeah and we were like when she's like june <laughs> <Stop> <laughs> <risking it. laughs> yeah i mean i went to dinner
0: the other night it felt like i was risking it all like and it wasn't even that i mean we were sat like on the side it was like me and my homeboy and he had made a point of, like, you know, getting an early enough reservation where it isn't, like, too, too crazy. And then they had, like, di- dividers between the – I mean, it was so safe. And I still was just, like, I don't know if this is
1: smart. <laughs> I don't know if we should- – I've, I've gone outside to eat, like, with actually joy. And she will tell the waitress to be, like, don't come over here and pour water. Don't pour our wine. If Don't don't approach. We ordered what we ordered, and we like it. You don't need to ask us. Like, Stop. <laughs> Do not approach. It's so great. I only want to eat with her because she's so great. about She'll handle it. Then you don't have to worry about, like, got to get my mask on real quick before the waitress comes over. Well, I will say this waitress
0: had on a mask and a shield and kept her distance. And so I did feel very like she was incredibly self-aware of, like, yes. not bringing her breath over here. <laughs> her breath? <laughs> So that was that. So, okay, wait, we have a whole (laughs) bunch. I feel like I could talk to you about a myriad of things that have nothing to do with the topic. Um, But I wonder, okay, so when we talk about like Black folks in fashion, I know that feels like a very general thing, but I just feel like I have always um, seen it like sequestered in like a very, specific space like these are the black designers to care about right now and I'm always like it what is that is it just because of the racism is it because of the your your Eurocentricness of it etc
1: I think part of it is it's a, it's a combination of of all of the things it's like who someone has deemed acceptable to run with in fashion you know like not to like bring down like Virgil, but it's like Virgil had his own thing happening before and he was really popular with like a, a a big crowd of people. So they're like, hey, here's the designer you should care about. It should be Virgil. And like, meanwhile, there is, you know, the Tracy Reese's of the world who has been, she's been around, but she's also like a black woman. She wasn't like, you know, I always went to her show, went to every show sitting there ready. Like, I you know, almost wore like, a Tracy Reese dress today in honor of this interview. Yeah. But, you know, she didn't get, she, it's like, almost like a popularity contest. I feel like mm. some of it becomes like that, but which happens in general in fashion right. but when you're also black, it's just like another added like layer, you know, how they, they want us to compete with each other. And like, there's only space for one. And the same thing happens in, you know, people who work behind the scenes because black and fashion is also like the makeup artists, the digitech. There's so many people who put together fashion that are Black that no one is, they're not forward facing. So you don't know who they are. They may not be the fashion director of Vanity Fair. They could be, you know, someone who's writing copy. They're still working in fashion space. So they're, they're there, but they're just not, you know, forward facing. No one's like, hey, hey, you need to know this person. But I feel like 2021 has brought around some of that discussion and created topics of like, hey, when you're hiring Black people to work in fashion, don't just always look at the stylist or the photographer. There are so many other people you can hire to make this image. Mm. You know, And even like the big designers, they have like a knitwear designer. Then maybe the knitwear de- designer is Black just because she doesn't have her own label or he doesn't have their own label doesn't mean like they're not also working in fashion. So there's, there's a bit of a game of it all. So it makes it feel like there's so few of us when there really yeah, is a lot. Of them, think. Yes,
0: because it definitely does feel like, because, you know, I'm only thinking of like the outward facing and like the designers, honey, the designers, you know, and it's like, winner. that's really been kind of like the, the calling card for like what is, you know, hot and what is popping. And, you know, in terms of like just the fashion space, I feel like we've seen, you know, stories, you know, that are related to racism from uh, houses that don't necessarily have a lot of Black voices, you know, whether it's Prada or Gucci. I mean, I saw some Dolce glasses the other day and I had to Google to see if maybe they had changed and they have not. So I could not buy the glasses.
1: Could not buy the glasses. It's, it's, <laughs> Glasses is amazing. I feel like I spent a lot of time Googling, like, let me find out if this is right. Is this right? <laughs>
0: like, and I really was hoping, here? I was really hoping that I would see, like, Dolce and Kibana has a, 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 a renouncing of their past statements and a, a, a an awakening. And it was like, no, they're still racist.
1: People are racist. They're not going to, they just don't want to stop. It's so crazy. <laughs> It's like, don't you just want to mind your business? Mind your business. Go about your day. But they're just threatened by, like, other people. I guess it always surprised
0: me, though, because the fashion space always felt like the art space to me. And so I feel like, you know, I'd love to hear from you, like, where does that actually where's the line actually drawn in that because it's it feels because now that I know more about it it feels less of the art space and more of commercial and more about it's a business
1: space it's a business space point blank and and which is why you'll see like I recently have noticed I get so many pitches from designers that I've not necessarily heard of before and they'll send me pictures and every model in their lookbook or that they're saying is black. So I'm like, Oh, is this person black? And then I do my, I do my due diligence and I research and I'm like, no, they're not. They're now like, Oh, let me put all the black models that I wasn't going to use before so I can send it out. So people it's like they're, it's almost like a, like a fashion way of black fishing. Like these people don't do their research. They're going to just assume I'm black as well because I use all the black models in my campaign or I've used all these black models in this lookbook. So, and, and it happens. People get tricked because people don't do their research, but you know, I feel like fashion is a space, it's constantly moving and there's shoots happening all the time. Like you don't always have the time to research everything. I research it. So I'm like, it's a quick Google search. What's this person look like? Let me go to their about. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll just straight up ask, Hey, hey. I'm working on this story. I'd love to be more inclusive. Does the brand you're representing, does a designer happen to be a person of color? And they're like, oh, well, ooh, uh, ooh. I mean- No, but it's like the same thing with sustainability. Like, is this actually sustainable? Well, we make it in the United States, so there's really low carbon emission. I'm like, that's not what I was asking. Can't be tricked, because I'm an old horse. <laughs> Old business. I'm old. I'm antiquated. They're calling me auntie and mom. Okay, so where were you before uh, Vanity Fair? I worked. I was working freelance for a while, and before that, I was at Allure magazine, which was like all beauty. I was there for a long time. I was at InStyle, so those were like my magazines, but like very white spaces. And when you were doing freelance,
0: what were you? What were you doing?
1: The freelance game was like a straight hustle. Like that's what I was doing. So it's like, it could be sales consulting. It could be... I would consult like with a designer on like a collection. Here, let me style your runway show. Do this. Doing freelance photo shoots. Just, you know, talk to some friends who were still actually working at magazines and like, hey, I'm doing freelance. If you need anybody, I was doing all of it because... I have a family to support and it's hard. It's a big hustle, but I, I hated it. We're really? like chasing places. You're like, hey, I didn't get paid. So I'm going for some things that I did in 2018, but you know. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine.
0: And so, fine. <laughs> fine. and so like what, oh. and so you, you're at, you're, you're at any fair right now. How do you feel like, um, How do you feel like the black presence in fashion has shifted, like since you started as an intern at
1: twenty five to now? Oh, it is, it is definitely taking a turn for the better. I will say there's going to be ups and downs, but like when I was interning, even when I was an assistant, I mean, someone could have a straight conversation, be like, "Why do I always have to shoot the black girl?" Like while you're in the room, like don't care, don't care. Had those conversations. I've also like had been, like, working at a magazine where someone said, you know, I can't remember who we had on a cover. I want to say it was, like, maybe it was Alicia Keys as the cover, and we we're trying to figure out, like, a next one. They're like, oh, we just had one. And I'm, and I, and, like, you know, like, I feel like at that point, I was, like, further along in my career, not afraid of being fired. Like, fuck right. it, I don't care. I'll be fired. And they were like, I was like, what do you mean by one? They were like, a uh, musician. And I'm like, that's interesting. Cause I really don't think that's what you meant. I don't think it's what you meant. I know it's not what you meant. But <laughs> we just had, because you know, one. like we know, we know those microaggressions. We know those little like things that they want to say, but they are like, they halt themselves. Cause like, oh, I see there's, there's one in the room. Let me say it in a different way. Maybe she won't catch it. So like, it slowly slowly has changed there's things that I would have never spoken up about before ever because I didn't feel comfortable I didn't feel space but I feel like with 2020 that now even those that are interns and assistants at any level working in fashion have been it's maybe it's like given permission to say so like we're like you know what say it what are they gonna do are they gonna fire you Cause that's just going to bring them more heat because now we're in this culture of like, Hey, 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 just want to mm-hmm. let you all know that X and Y Z brand let me go because I spoke up about this. It just, so it, it's only like working to your advantage. So I tell anyone I work with, which half my team is black in my fashion apartment. You don't feel right about something, say it. If you don't feel comfortable saying it, bring it to me. And I will say something, but I feel lucky in a space at Vanity Fair, you know, the editor in chief is a woman of color. When I went there, the fashion director was a black woman. So it felt very much like you can speak up always. But I think anywhere else I've worked before, it was like, you had to really think about it. Like, is this, is this the one time I'm going to speak up and risk it all? So I think we're slowly like moving out of that and getting, turning for the better. Do you feel like
0: fashion as an industry, like what... How does it operate uniquely? Because I feel like for a lot of us who aren't in fashion, it feels like this like special, like even seeing like Devil Wears Prada, you know, you're just like, oh my God, like it's so different over there. Like the way they they operate, like what do you, how? I don't know. Like, I just feel like t- when I saw that you were a fashion editor, I was like, I was kind of curious to hear
1: about like what her day-to-day is in in the fashion of it all. My day-to-day now is super weird because of COVID, but like before it was like, I can say like I had a fun job. I mean, I still have a fun job. It's a fun job. At the end of the day, I don't have to worry about saving anyone's life. Don't have that pressure. It is just like, hey, I get to go to Europe twice a year and like be driven around in a car in a very fancy car with a driver and like pop into this showroom and drink some champagne and look at beautiful clothes and- you know, every once in a while, like meet someone very famous. You're like, oh my God, this is exciting. Or like, I don't know. I got to have a Zoom phone call with Dr. Angela Davis. Like when, why would that happen? <laughs> well, why did that happen? i think her for a photo shoot. Like if, you know, like at the end of the day, like that is like <laughs> exciting. I mean, I, I think I cried and I was like, I can't believe I'm on the phone with you. I've learned about you my entire life. My entire life. <laughs> like, <laughs> You like, like no matter what, like you are his woman, so you know, like things happen to you, or like at Vanity Fair, you know, we did a special issue, and Tanahasi edited the issue. And like, being on a Zoom with him, and I'm like, this is amazing, this wouldn't have happened if I was like, I don't know, worked at the bank, like, it's it, it like you know, like. Hey, lots of friends who work in banking, but like, it's such a different dynamic where your everyday every day is kind of nuts. Like, it's just kind of like out of the ordinary. You don't, you don't operate the same way. You don't have like the same systems. I mean, I I have a lot of friends who work in finance. Like we went to NYU together. They were all in the business school and they're like, yo, fashion is weird. Like this model doesn't make any sense, but I'm like, But I feel like something they don't realize is like, hey, the masses, like the people who consume fashion, you control the way our business model works. Like you got, you guys want what's popping, what's new, what's hot all of the time. And so like, that's how we operate. And that's, that's part of it. It's like, what's fresh? What's out there? What do you like this? It's it's like new, 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 new.
0: If you're a black designer... Like, where do you feel like is, like, the sweet spot for Black designers right now? Is it, like, is it couture? Is it streetwear? Is it,
1: like, where do you feel like there's space? To me, there is definitely space in accessories. Mm-hmm. There's not there's not that many. And truly, I don't feel like, it's not really secretively, but, like, accessories is really what provides the finances for big houses. Like, if you think about it, like how often does someone go and buy, let me think, like a full look that's like a dress that's like thousands of dollars, but you're more willing no matter how much money you make to be like, well, I'm going to get that Gucci bag because I can save for it and it's going to last me a long time, but necessarily the dress that they make. I can wear once. I can wear it once. I can wear a few times. It's not you know necessarily the thing that's going to be like. I'm going to covet this for forever. And that's in general, the way people shop. It's like, you're much more willing to go ahead and buy those Bottega shoes as opposed to like Bottega look three coat that is (laughs) $12,000. You're like, I could buy the shoe. It's 900. I could, you know, depending on, you know, maybe you're able to just like, go ahead and purchase it right away, or maybe you have to save for it, but it's something that you're like, well it's a shoe, it's gonna last me forever, or a bag, it's gonna last me forever. So I think there's that great space. Like, look at Telfar. Bar, like created a bag. It's out Not everybody has this bag. damn bag. I got the bag. <laughs> I was like, yo, if I, I had to be like, if I get beat by the bots one more time to get this bag, or like set my alarm for the wrong day, or one of these kids in this house asked me to do something at the time the bag drops and I miss the bag drop. I'm gonna <laughs> my mind I need the bag I cannot live like this I need the bag I can't be like the only black editor who doesn't have a Telfar bag (laughs) I need the bag so much it was like consuming me but that's how it's the same thing for a Pierma sneaker I was like give me the sneaker Nate
2: (laughs)
0: sneaker. I it's just met guy. I just met Kirby the other day and I was like you're like fine. Like I had no idea that Kirby was like fine in person. I was like you don't give this in your in your Instagram. You're not giving is a liar. You're in, he's <laughs> not it's, he's not giving you New York swag fine, which is a specific type of energy. And I was like, look at you.
1: He's I was like so- regular and nice and like, like does good work and like does work for the people outside of his fashion life but like his Instagram was like I got a fast car like it's funny that's who he is you're like what is this new car but he probably just like loves cars oh it's my like so god it's like I, I told someone the other day it's like they were asking me about you know styling celebrities and like how you work at that and I was like you know it's like, I think regular people, we forget that like an actress or a musician, they're real people. They're just mm-hmm. real people. So you just treat them like real people. And like, mm-hmm. fine, it's the same thing in fashion. Like, I love fashion, but I also read. <laughs> you know, like, I, I can read. <laughs> That's dope. I know, it's like- I can read. More than one thing. Or they were asking me about like, someone asked me about, AOC and her being in expensive clothes and a photo shoot and I was like but like sh- I don't care if she wants to be the most fashionable person in the entire world she can do more than one thing yeah she can be a politician and also give you a, a look dope dress. yes give you a look serve a lip you can do it
0: there's also just like a certain obsession that particularly black folks have with brands right and it's like our obsession with brands is I'm not even necessarily sure if I've really figured out what our obsession with brands is is it like I think in some respects people like to say like well it's because like you know we want what we can't have and it feels so luxurious, it feels so like distant and far away and I'm like okay maybe
1: that's it um I think with I think it's like a cultural and I think it's not just black Americans. It's all over. It is the like being told you can't have this. Like I was doing research one day randomly because we have a Cadillac and I was like, Let's just do some research. And it was back in the day de- because you know like black people drive a Cadillac. That is like I will have a Cadillac. I'm obsessed with Cadillacs. It's an old black man's car. You get a Cadillac. My grandfather always drove a cat. He still drives a Cadillac. He's a hundred <laughs> years old. He's a hundred. He has like a Cadillac. He can so still drive. Need- he still has his license, but he chooses not to because he says he stopped driving last year. Let I me mean, not get crazy. He stopped driving last year. He was just like, "I've had enough." Can't I one mean, yeah, uh, yeah, you had oh, enough. You're a hunter. Please give me the keys. So- <laughs> but he still got a new car last year. Last year, got a new one. Got a new Cadillac. Um, but they used to not sell Cadillacs to black people. They didn't allow it. You went to the showroom or whatever, they were not going to let you purchase their car because they didn't want Black people driving Cadillacs. It was for rich white people. So back in the day, rich Black people would get their rich white friends to purchase the Cadillac for them so they could drive it. So it's like, ha, can't tell me what I'm not going to do. Right. I like this Cadillac. I want to drive it. So that's, you know, that's part of it. But it's also like us, you know, how you get dressed up on a Sunday. It was like your time and, and being really dressed up and like showing off, like we might have been pushed down and all these things, yes. but what we're going to always do is get dressed. We're always going to give you a look. You don't want us to buy these things. We don't want us to go into the Gucci store or whatever it was back in the day. Vuitton, ton. Okay. Dapper Dan, I'm going to make it for you. How about that? You can't tell us what we can't do.
0: I don't do Louie. Um, I went into three Louis stores and they, every time they looked at me like, why are you here? And I was like, and you're not a Louis girl. And that's the end of that. Um, I just never, I was like, I can't, I became, I saw somebody say the other day, like I was in a Gucci dress and they were like, how can someone so woke be wearing Gucci? And I was like, "I, I understand that on a top line, but I feel like So the the industry as a whole is racist. And so it's literally
1: like, (laughs) I would just be wearing, what'd you say? There's faults in so much, like in every, in every aspect of all of it, there are faults. Whether it's like racism, sustainability, it's like you, you, you pick, you have to pick and choose what you're going to fight against. I think sometimes you have to just pick something like, or, Hey, guess what? I can still wear this dress and fight the fight.
0: I mean, I I know people wanted me to burn my,
1: people wanted me to burn
0: my Montclair coat. And I was like, I am not hurting Montclair by burning this coat. No, but I am hurting myself because I spent money on this coat and it is warm. And so my happy medium was I covered up the logo with a James Baldwin patch and it's like I'm still wearing the coat that I bought but I'm not advertising the brand and that was kind of like where I came with it like I have some Gucci stuff that I added elements to like I painted on them and I just kind of gave my own energy to and I think you know we I'm not gonna lie to you like there's a certain I have I was a rapper there's a certain level of just egregious opulence that lives in me you know and I
1: and black people (laughs) that's that's us the other day I was looking at something and I was like, yo, if I buy one more thing that's printed logos, like I just I need to call it a day. Like, what is wrong with me? Like, but I love it. But I also like, you know, I grew up in the 80s, 90s. I had a brother that was seven years older than me. So like oh, he, he was like swaggy, swaggy, swaggy. swaggy. Like, <laughs> would show up with like two polo shirts on I was gonna- at the collar popped, And then the next day he's like, no, you got to wear your gold chain over your black turtleneck and it's got to have like this, this, and this. Like That was everything to me was like his style and that like 80s come up of like the logo and the brand and like I'm going to get a fur and I'm going to take my wallabies down to Fulton Street and have them spray painted. Like it was a thing and I loved it and it makes me feel good and like fashion makes me feel good. So I'm not going to apologize for that. If I want... Three things that are full logos, I'm aware. I don't care. I mean, I,
0: I, I I, I, listen, I hear you because I reconcile this. I try to reconcile this all the time. And that's why I was telling you, like, I couldn't buy the glasses, like, because fashion makes me feel good. But then I have to like, there, there are boundaries that, that I have had to give myself that I can't cross. You know, like people will be like, why do you still wear Gucci? And I'm like, well, at least Gucci like made an effort and, and continues to, and Dapper Dan is a part of their house. And, you know, like continues to create and like, there was an apology issued. I mean, they had someone working there who like d- sent me a legit, like direct apology. Like we are, yes. sorry. And, but I have a question. Like how does something like that happen? Like with what happened with the Gucci turtleneck and like when Montclair puts out some wild shit and when pride, how does that happen? Like what is the actual order of events that gets something from design to manufacturing?
1: The problem is, is there are not enough People of color who have eyes on the item, or if there are, they're not granted the permission to express that hey, 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 this feels racist. This is racist to me. It will, and if it feels racist to me, it is definitely going to appear that way to someone else. And there's just, and I feel like people like to make excuses oh, these are European brands. I'm like, there's Google, there's history books, we all had to learn history like we learned it they literally made up colonialism (laughs) you you actually invented colonialism so like please stop you know what it is you have racism in your own countries whether or not you guys all want to say like no but we are all french and we are all italian it's not the truth you treat people differently in your respective countries so you know that these things are out there you've seen the imagery so and i just think it just it stops it's like someone didn't see it someone didn't see something wrong with it Cause even like in my own thing, I'm like looking at something. I'm like, oh wait a second, that might be racist. Can't do that. Like, how is that going to appear? Like you, you stop yourself. <laughs> and something yes. like, oh, that might come across back. But I think as people of color, you're always in tune to noticing those things. Yes, there was this woman um, who had a
0: line. I'm trying to remember her name. This woman who had a line, Katya, Katya something, and. She had a line, like, she still has a line, but, like, she, I discovered her in, like, Kierna Zabede, like, in that boutique in, oh, um,
1: is yes. it gone? I'm pretty sure it's gone. Kierna Zabede, oh. yeah. The
0: boutique, the small boutiques, like. Well, know. it was there when I last was in New York, which was mm, January 2019. No, January 2018. 20 because I did Caroline's so it was there
1: maybe maybe just because like I haven't really gone outside because of the pandemic (laughs) that could Uh, be I don't know that it's still there but yeah I just assumed I've gotten some like really cool
0: pieces from there and I had discovered this woman's store like right next door and She has like a lot of stuff that had like animals on it, but then she also had like really dope images of brown skin and like darker skin women like on her line and they were done in a tasteful way. So I don't want to take that away. They were done in a tasteful way, but I just became like obsessed with like this line. And she's Russian. And um, when I bought the jacket, the, the saleswoman recognized me and, I, and like sent the, the designer or somebody in their team like, hey, this is Amanda Seals. She just bought this. Like you should reach out to her whatever. Then like my PR reached out to them um, because we were just trying to think of like just different places and spaces for me to be in. And they wanted me to do, they wanted me to be the face of their africa line and i was like well i'm too light-skinned for that um you know i'm not saying that there aren't light-skinned people in africa but you're already russian so like you doing an africa line is already low-key sketch and i would need to get like some more background about like what that is because like she had been doing stuff that was like culturally inspired. It didn't feel like appropriation, but it did feel like inspired. It it didn't feel like appropriation because when I feel like I'm looking at appropriation, it feels like you're whitening something that clearly is not white, right? Right. Like you're trying to make it fit into like the banality of no culture. So Mm -hmm. it didn't feel that way at her other stuff. But then with this stuff, I was like, you know, I would be willing to do it, but you need to partner me With a model that is from the continent. So. Like you have the model representing the continent and I can be like your celebrity, you know, ambassador, whatever, but you're, but you're grounding it in the authenticity of a model who is from the continent of Africa. And again, I am too light-skinned to be the representative of your brand for the (laughs) continent of fucking Africa. Like, I just, it's just not, it's, I can't do that.
1: And wax. I just... That's just, I can't, like, it doesn't, and why was she asking you to just do the Africa line? Why not any of her other lines? And so this was, editorial. they're like, Ooh, let's, we like, you know, at Vanity Fair, we don't really do like fashion trends, but when I've worked at other places, you know, you're shooting models and you're doing trends and they're like, we need to shoot a sporty story. Let's get the black model. We, we want to be athletic because you know, they're, they're muscular. There's an animal pretend happening on the runway, let's find the black model. So, right. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, I didn't even... You're
0: right. You're totally right. And when we... It took, for, it took like a pure struggle to get the designer on the phone. And when she finally got on the phone, and I was like, what's your inspiration for this line? She was like, I'm from Russia. Like, we don't you know, I feel, it feels like you are saying that there's like some type of racism, but we don't have that in Russia. Uh, you know, we are all just, you know, loving people and everybody. And I'm like, that's a crock of crap. And oh, it didn't, my. well, it didn't even need to go that way, but she was legit trying to act like, I just, it was, a, it was such white privilege. It was just like, the world is my oyster. And if I want to do a fucking Africa line, I don't need yeah. to explain yeah. to you where my inspiration <laughs> is. And it's like, well, Africa is a continent. So, you know, because there's like a whole different thing from like Namibia to Mozambique. Like these are places, and I and she just kind of when she got off the phone with me, her marketing person was like, you know, we just don't think this is gonna work. And I was like, no shit, Sherlock. Like I, but but it was one of those moments where I really saw it in real time just the way that the politics fucks with the actual artistry and that like you, and it
1: sucks, but you have to be conscious of it. You have to be conscious. And as an editor, I am very conscious of it. It's like, hey, if I need to work with this brand for like X, Y, and Z reason, I'm going to be conscious of what they're doing all the time. And I also don't want to put things out there to the public and like be like hey you should buy this knowing that the brand don't care at all it's like they don't care they're doing it for whatever it's like that's I feel like something actually moving forward that us as editors have to look at it's like are they doing this for clout and trying to you know know, it's it was like their black squares they're like oh we posted these black squares but like if you looked at their Instagram through the past it's like yeah I don't Didn't care before. <laughs> Definitely didn't care before. Not one bit. Not about anyone else, but like what you have deemed beautiful, which was like a white girl. Period. But now going forward, let me see what you're doing. If you're what you're actually doing. And I feel like most of the brands who didn't need the black square, they were already doing it. Didn't care. I'll cast a black model. Don't care. Cast an Indian model. It didn't matter it's just someone who they felt looked like their brand and their clothes and that they had they had a wider scope of like anybody can wear these clothes but now I, I really pay attention now I'm looking to see when they're pitching me things like we are partnering with x y and z artists black artists to make this thing it's like but wh- but why what were you doing before that did you actually care before or are you trying to make amends and I want to see it going
0: So what are some brands that you feel like were already on, like, on? they were on par? Like, they were already about it?
1: I'll say, let me think. Like, a brand by a white designer that was already doing the thing, Rosie Azaleen. Since she first started showing clothes, she always Never showed in a I feel like, actually, you would like it. You would like it. Let me it's tell cute. you something.
0: When I tell you I love fashion, like I, I like in my trajectory of my career, I'm, I'm just like, can I please become a fashionista? I'm I'm like, I'm I'm like, can I like like I'm like, what like I'm like, I I just I just want to be famous enough to one help people more, right? So that's first. Yeah. two get c's candies to make me gluten free i mean sorry dairy free um peanut brittle and three to to give you fashion like in a real way like these are like actual goals like i did a spread for essence and um i mean that's a whole other that's a conversation we'll have offline but i got to <laughs> i got to give fashion <laughs> I got to give, give you a val- I, I got to give you a Valentino dress on a boat with a grenada flag, you know, in the wind. Yeah. I, got to, I got to give you a Valentino Jump dress. <laughs> Jump it. <out laughs> <in. laughs> yes. Yes. I got to run through like a fucking palm tree lined. Um the fashion is fun. Yes. And it's and for me, it really is art. And that's why like the com- the commerce part of it. So I just dropped a line, um, illustrious league. And like, you know, we're starting very, 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 very small. And it, it, right now, like the first drop is really this lounge wear, but it's my design. And it's like, it has my artwork. And, you know, for me, it's like, let's just make some stuff that feels good and looks
1: good. And then it's like, okay, yeah, bitch. But, but can you sell it? <laughs> and like, from, that's where it differs from art is like art artists can make things and and a lot of times I feel like art, like a painter or a sculptor, they don't care if it ever sells. But in the end of the day, when you're making clothes. It has to sell. And there are, you have to be able to make money from it. We're fortunate. Like, I mean, we sold out of our first
0: drop and like, to your point about accessories, yeah. like we had like patches and pins in that first drop and hats and scullies, and like, out mm-hmm. the door. Those sold 1st Yes. Yes. And what and, and our first drop we were not able to have two X because one, like we couldn't source it in the same color as, I mean, this is the growing pains, right? Like getting people on board yes. who have the experience and the connections and the relationships to be able to get you, you know, what you need. But like, we just didn't have the access to it. And so I had some folks that were upset because they were like, you know, the sizing isn't um inclusive. But then I had a lot of people who were like, We understand, because I did give an explanation about what happened, that people were like, we understand, that's why I bought a patch, a pin, a hat, because I know that you're going to get 2X next, and we will be able to take part. And just a side note, we are restocking, and we do have 2X in the restock. Okay, guys. So
1: size inclusivity is a whole other thing that I necessarily do not always understand, but talking to some designers, it is actually a lot more complicated because the way the system is set up yes which part do you not understand like, like the difficulty in it the difficulty someone explained a little bit of it to me the other day and I was just like oh I can't well, you just one make thing it is... no and they were like it doesn't work that way and I was like oh I didn't I don't know I don't <laughs> design it that's, no idea. that's the same thing where like I'll talk to a designer like you should make this in kids size and they're like you cannot. <laughs> Man. It'll, we don't number one. I don't even have the budget to do that. So that <laughs> whole-
0: that's really the biggest thing. It's like unfortunately, bigger clothes cost more money. Like yes. that's just the basics of it because there's more fabric being used and there's more labor being used to, to make them. So they charge you more, but then I don't think it's ethical for me to charge my customer more right. for a bigger garment that ultimately is still the same um, style as everything else. Right. So yeah. like you're, you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place there. And you're, fi- you're trying to figure out like, how do we get like c- margins and costs? See this, these are the words I don't want to have to like, unless like, can I just like design it? And so you just design it. that's why like, I had a moment where I was like, maybe I need to take a certificate class at FIT and like really get my like fashion merchandising up. And then I was like, or you could pay Here someone who's like, already done that. <laughs> or or that <laughs> and have them that, teach you but if you want to learn for yourself well I do want to learn for myself but I think there's also just like managing time and you know for what it's worth I think a lot of black folks that find themselves in the fashion space particularly like if you're already coming from another space into this fashion space it becomes like kind of this like hobby and that is a thing that I don't want like I don't want it to feel like a hobby so that's why I wanted to like take a class yeah. but I'm also like you will fail
1: the class you don't have time What are you gonna do it <laughs> at one point I also wanted to be a doula because I just feel like birth is something that's really important and especially with like black women and yes. all of that that goes into it and I happen to have like great-ish experiences. So I'm like, I just want to pass this on. I don't, but I'm like, when am I taking this class? Like, I don't have time for this. So I could just focus in on my friends who are having babies and talk to them and see how they're doing and you know, not do the whole thing. Maybe I do it when I don't work in fashion anymore. But like right now, I don't have time for that. Oh well, <laughs> I have to
0: do something. But so yeah, you, it's like so you, you said something earlier though, that struck me when you were just like, you know, as editors, we need to be like super conscious, et cetera, et cetera. And I think a lot of people don't necessarily understand like how important the role of the editor is within the fashion space in terms of making sure that there is visibility. And so I would love to hear more about like that role and the role you play.
1: It's, it's, there needs to be a balance. I feel like it's, it's, the industry is definitely saturated. Like with brands that are like white houses. I'll just say that they're, they're, you know, they're, you know, the Dior's the Chanel's these are, these are white brands. Yeah. I mean, like when
0: Kanye was just like, how Sway, how? You don't have the answers. He was basically just like, we
1: don't know how to do the black
0: version of this.
1: We just have to. And it's even, even with Virgil being at Vuitton, it is still a white house in the end of the day. so, okay, so wait,
0: wait, you're pronouncing it properly and everybody else is not. Say it one more time. Which one? Louis Virgil? Louis Vuitton. Vuitton. Okay, so you know we're all at Louis Vuitton.
1: Louis Vuitton. <laughs> Let me speak to Louis. I got the new Louis's.
0: I got- just got my stimulus check. Put Louis on the line. Okay, Louis Vuitton. On the line.
1: Um, Vuitton. So, but I, I think... As an editor, what is great for us is that there is the Virgil there. At um, I believe it's Nina Ricci. They're, one of the designers is black. Like you know, Balmain has a black designer. So being able to oh, we say know. like, because he's giving you Olivier is giving
0: <laughs> giving you he fabulous was like, I am black and I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. I <know>. am <laughs> here.
1: Bonjour, 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 <laughs> bonjour, bonjour. Bisou, 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 Love it, snatch, doing the thing, loving fashion. It's it's in the DNA. It really, it's there. But like showcasing them, but also looking to find the smaller brand. And it's it's like you know everyone is like around Thanksgiving. There's like small business Saturday. But look for the small business in the black designers as well. Searching them out, doing the research. I mean, zarina did a great job. She was like, here, I put it on a website. At first I did Instagram. Now here's a website for you. Black owned everything. Mm-hmm. Send it in and finding it and curating it and looking and seeing where you can fit it in so that there's almost like a, you have to balance it out. Like I have to cover, I have to cover the big houses. That's part of my job. But I can also put in there like, oh, hey, there's a black company that's making eyewear. Did you know? Like that it exists. Like we exist in so many spaces. So just finding them and, and putting the balance and it's just, it, you just have to work like that, it's like Aurora asking for the fifteen percent pledge. She's just like, "Hey, there's lots of black beauty brands. Put them on the Sephora shelf. Like, let's go. There's lots of this. Like just wait, wait. Path. You did that was that was shorthand. We don't know who Aurora is, and
0: we don't know oh, what the fifteen percent pledge
1: Aurora is. Is a designer. She has a, um a brand called Brother Bellies. She's you know that's where she started. she makes shoes, but she started during. 2020 was like, Hey, you know what? I noticed that there are no black brand. Like, I I don't know if she started with beauty brands or also if it stemmed from fashion too, as asking the big department stores, like the Bloomingdale's, the targets, the big boxes to be like, well, you have space. You need to dedicate 15% of your space to Black-owned businesses. Mm. So, like, let's start this come up. So I know she has, like, Sephora has signed on. We're like, yeah, we can dedicate 15% of our fuller space to Black-owned businesses. No problem. Here we go. So she has been having this push throughout 2020 into 21 to get, I feel like it's really more about, like, the really big boxes that can make a big impact in the Black community if you get, you know, like, I'm seeing it for, like, there's like small brands that I'm like, oh my God, I am now going to be selling at Sephora. This is going to be life-changing for them. This is building generational wealth for them yes. that they can also disperse in their community. So I think that's something that is really important. And it's the same thing as even though like it's a page and a magazine, if I have a page of 12 products, I'm going to try to make sure at least one of them is from a designer of color a black designer, an Asian designer. I'm, I'm going to try my best to be like, we need to put this here. And if I can't put it in the book, I'm going to do it online. I'm going to do it's it somewhere. You,
0: but it's you making a choice to mm-hmm. make that a priority that makes the difference. Yeah.
1: And it's the same thing I was doing before 2020 as a black editor being like, all right, it's fashion week. I have to go to all of these shows I'm going to make sure I also go to shows by designers of color as well. I'm not going to just sit there and go to like Marc Jacobs or like if I'm Paris Balenciaga. I want to go and seek out and go to the black designers because if you're not, it's, we're not showing up for them. No one knows that they, you know, in the editorial world, it's like, oh, I didn't know they existed or, you know, like it makes it even harder. And they're, they're so small. They don't have the money for advertising. They don't have like the money for maybe a really big powerhouse PR firm to get their name out there. Like these are things that, and that truly helps brands. You get a big PR house, they're pushing your name out there, they're email blasting, they're like, hey, I need you. By the way, while you're looking at my Paco Rabanne, I also need you to look at this line by this black designer. Or, you know, it it
0: works. And those PR houses are different. They they are they're unique in that, like, they, I feel like they really pick and choose who they want to rep. And in a way that it's, like, not the same with actors. I feel like with PR, they're just like, yeah, yeah, I pay us a check, it's fine. But I feel like PR for fashion, they're very, it's, like, a big deal to be able to be repped by certain firms because you know that they're going to be, like, kind of ushering you in with these other big names. And, really? I mean, I, I wonder, how far away do you feel like we are from... A major black fashion house.
1: Hmm. You know what? I feel like in America, I think we have some work to do. Cause there there isn't really like someone so big at the forefront. It's it's smaller and they're 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 not as expensive. Like there is Kirby, which his his line is expensive, but he Pierre also, Moss. you know, Pierre Moss, that's Kirby's line. But you know, in London, there's Kenneth Eyes. He is like, a, you know, one of the designers on the come up. I think he has definitely has the potential to become a really big house. There's Wales Bonner. She has the potential, Grace Wells Bonner. She has the potential to become really big and, you know, make this big thing. But I think here in the U.S., we need to like push forward these brands. And I don't know if it's like going into FIT or Parsons or BISD and finding who they are and really cultivating them as they do at like central St. Martin's in London fashion school, like really pushing them forward. And I think that's something like maybe it's black and fashion council is working on and the CFDA, but we have to like put them to the forefront so we can have the black Mark Jacobs, the black Michael Kors, you know, like maybe Telfar can get there since, you know, you know, they're able to, um, they have to be securing bank with the bag, with the bag. Everybody has this be- fucking bag. To the point where you I was know. like, should I have this bag? Everyone
0: has this bag. Get bag. I should maybe, I mean, I, you know, I'll take a gander. I mean, I just, I was just like, everyone has this bag. Why don't I? I just, and it's
1: vegan. I- Better for the planet. How
0: about that? Better for the
1: planet. Well, maybe. I, I'm still on the fence about things, vegan leather, but. Potentially better for the planet.
0: (laughs) But you are absolutely better for the fashion industry. And, you know, I'm really just, I just really feel, it just always feels good to know that there's somebody in these spaces who is not trying to be polite. And... That like that's the sp- that's the space I inhabit within like Hollywood. Like I feel like you could love me or hate me or whatever, but you should know that like I'm always in any room I'm gonna be in, going to fight for justice and for visibility and amplification of people of color and women. And like that is always the agenda. Like it's never, it's never me first. Like it's always like, okay, but wait. What
1: are y'all doing? Because at the end of the day. I could not be working in fashion. You could not be an actress, but you're still going to be black. Pretty much. (laughs) So that's that. So I will turn, I actually had a phone call the other day and I was like, I now have to turn my fashion director mind off of this and turn to a black woman and be like, Hey, 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 this isn't right. This has nothing to do. It had nothing to do with fashion. I'm like, this isn't right. As a black woman, I'm speaking up for other black women. I don't like this. I just so that's how I work, operate you're
0: warming my heart <laughs> it's like <laughs> that's how I operate and what you're saying is is really important because I think when we talk about being black in fashion or being black in Hollywood or being black anywhere it is come it, there is like a value system that you're operating from in those spaces that really ultimately determines like how change happens in those spaces Now, for this uh, episode's The Script, I would love if you could share with us any Black designers that you feel like we do need to get on our radar um, that we may not be hip to.
1: Okay. So, I will say, Mateo, he's a jewelry designer. It's beautiful. It's fine jewelry. So what? Fine (laughs) jewelry. If you're going to invest in something, look at Mateo. It's gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. And he has some things that are slightly lower in price. but if you're gonna buy a diamond stud, don't go to Zales, go to Mateo. They, they, <laughs> that's the motto. Simulate a, simulate, simulate a black man. Um, I do love um uh oh my gosh, just slipped my mind. Um it's Faye Noel. Hmm. Beautiful, like loungy, pretty. You're gonna buy some pajamas, something to lounge around in, check her out. It's cute. She's also from Grenada. I didn't know that. You see? There's another one. I'm going to tell you, like, the ones that you're not going to see on the you not mm-hmm. going to see it. Well, I mean, you might see Mateo because in other stories. But also, I really love – I have to look at the name. It is – she's a Haitian designer, and I think it's, like, she makes these really pretty, like, bohemian dresses. Oh, um – it starts with an F. Fan fan mom. Oh, I don't. Fan know. mom. Fan mom.
0: Fan mom. Yes. F-A-N- How do
1: you spell F-A-N- that? F-A-N- beautiful fan mom. dresses. She's like doing hand embroidery. It's very like you're on vacation. You're in you're in Greece. You're going to an island. Check her out. It's beautiful love it. And I, yeah. It's really pretty. I don't okay. know her name though, but it's just like, it's just pretty clothes. Right. You know, there's that whole, like, I don't know what this movement is of like, just as if you're always walking through, like, there's like a fashion moment. It's like you're always walking through like lilies in a field and lavender <laughs> fields and like, the wind is blowing through your hair and you don't wear shoes. So well, you're just outside. outside. It's really just like I mean, look, remember this? At all time. Outside. outside. Look at outside. that. I remember outside. It was so cute. Um, <laughs> so I think like fair agree. great and there's a shoe designer, I believe it's Chelsea Paris, but she's a black woman. Look at that, Chelsea Paris. I'm pretty sure she's a black woman. So There you go. I love it. So there you go, guys. That's your script for
0: this episode where you can check out all these fabulous designers. I must say, Nicole, you are just such a delight. I mean, really. You are a delight. And when we can go outside again and I come to New York, we must have a meal outside.
1: (laughs) I would much prefer to come to L.A. and have a meal outside. Well, we're here. Um... (laughs) We are here.
0: I mean, I feel like I, I haven't, have I haven't gone this long without going to New York. Like I, I I just, it's weird now. Cause now
1: I haven't been to New York since it's been over a year. And that's like odd. That's odd for me not to be in LA. Like all of our Vanity Fair shoots are in LA. I haven't gone to one. I'm just looking at them over zoom. Like that looks good. Wish I could be there. <laughs> very fortunate to be part of a dope
0: shoot for bandy fair they did um they did like a whole feature on like women who use their platforms like i think like women who use like their their like media like their art platforms for activism and they had like interviews and so like angela rye interviewed me and um we did a shoot and that was like top of 2019 but like some of the most, some of the best pictures I've literally ever taken in my fucking life, like at this shoot. I mean, and I remember just being there, like, you know, I'm in Vanity fair now. Like, this is amazing. Like, it just felt very, like a, like a a milestone had been reached because I'm a very big fan of the, of
1: the publication. Everyone is very fair. I I feel very, like, I feel like I found like a great, home for me I I really truly like it I think it's because like I think part of it is for working with for an editor in chief of color she's a woman of color she thinks about things in a way broader perspective than any of the other editor in chiefs I've worked with so
0: she knows she knows the last dose well, shout out to you, and thank you for sharing all of your wisdom and knowledge around the fashion and the blacks in fashion. And, um, and we'll and fashion. be watching black and fashion, and we'll be watching. And you know, I just again, I, I really appreciate the just the work that you guys are doing in why in broadening this space. I think a lot of us just remember, you know, the mania of Kanye really being like, "There's no room for us," and you know, he's many things, but he wasn't. He wasn't
1: wrong in that frustration that there really hasn't been a carved out space. It's going to take time. We got to keep carving. We got to keep fighting. We cannot give up. We cannot be like, there's no space for us here. You just keep pushing. Make room for yourself as best you can. And if you get into the room, you make room for more. Like that's just how, that's just how I operate.
0: Keep making room. And everybody knows that style has been a huge part of the black revolutionary story. And, you know, there's no coincidence that when you see pictures of folks crossing the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Selma, they are together, honey. Okay. Like there's a kitten heel, there's a pin curl, there's a coat. Okay. Like these are slacks. These are pressed slacks. Like We look at the Panthers. They didn't just throw on a mechanic suit for their uniform. They were like, no, no, we're giving you a beret. We're giving you a leather. We're giving you, (laughs) like, we're giving you. Yes, they thought about it. And to your point, as you said at the beginning of this podcast, like, we have always shown that no matter how much you try to degrade us, no matter how much you try to put us down, no matter how much you try to create this false narrative that we are like monkeys from the dirt, we are giving you together. We're giving you a look and we're giving you fashion. And that's not just a part of like ego or a part of um, opulence. It's a part of identity and showing like we will not be put down. Like we are always going to give you freshness and flyness. Always. podcast with somebody i feel like i made a new friend right that was so great thank you nicole you see guys we are learning things i did not even know that fashion editors were doing all of that had all that power and influence and i just ugh. as i told her i just love hearing that she's using that with a consciousness and you know an actual like social and political base because you can't escape it as she said which i thought was so poignant she's like you know you could be in Hollywood and I can be a fashion or I could not be in Hollywood. You could not be in Hollywood and I could not be in fashion, but we'd still be black. And it's like, that is a fact. That is a fact. So I love the designers that she suggested. So make sure to check out the script and some of those designers. And also, um, I'm a big fan of Stella Jean. Uh, we talked about Pierre Moss spelled P Y E R Moss. Um, and if you haven't taken a look at Illustriously, this is a good time. <laughs> this is a good time. But shout out to Nicole, and shout out to her editor in chief, who um, I need to find out the name of, but who she said has really helped to just create a dope space within Vanity Fair. I don't know about y'all. I've been reading Vanity Fair for a long time. My mom had a subscription. I used to love the Troust you know, survey, the interview at the end of every... Proust? Troust? Uh, a famous French guy's interview at the end of every um issue, and you know, there's also, of course, just the history of Annie lebowitz and her amazing shoots that she would do for Vanity Fair. And so, you know, one of my goals is to eventually be on the cover of a Vanity Fair, you know, that's that's definitely top line for me. But thank you to Nicole and thank you to you all for joining us and listening in, and um. I think it's really good that you guys are getting the opportunity to check out these different women and just general, in general, just different folks who have so much to say and who are in these spaces that really don't get like amplified like that, but are important and effective in creating change in even the smallest scale. So I'm trying my best, but I'm, I'm, I I'm hope you're as excited as I am because these have been large doses of realness.
2: Starbands Audio, a
0: podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.